welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. I'm so blessed and honored to be able to be here with you guys tonight. In all honesty, I, I'm, I'm excited as I was on my wedding night. Yeah. And, and everybody, all us grown folks in here knows what happens on the wedding night. So I'm just excited. I'm honored. I'm humbled for the invitation uh, to be among you. I welcome you all who are here live and those who are joining us by the Internet. Let us go ahead and delve into the word of God. If you have your Bible with you, if you'll turn to the book of James, James, I felt it was appropriate coming to the ark that I should read from one of the books of the pastors here. The book of James. I love James, James, James. A familiar passage of text, chapter one, beginning with verse 21, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. I'd like to share for you for a few moments from the simple title of Check Your Mirror. Check Your Mirror. Look at your neighbor and say, Check Your Mirror. Check Your Mirror. One thing I love about James, and, and, and I'm not talking about James Browner, but I'm talking about James here, the writer, is the fact that James shot straight. James told it like it was. You never had to interpret what James meant by things. He, he say stuff like, and this is uh, Thomas' interpretation of it, uh, when times get tough, don't trip. It's not as bad as it seems. James would say things like, be quiet, listen up, don't get mad. James would tell you things like, don't just hear it, do it. I think I think Nike might have stole their motto from James. James would tell you stuff like your tongue is your problem. James would look at you in your face and say faith and works go hand in hand. James would look at you and say you don't have anything because you don't ask for anything. And when you ask for stuff, you ask for the wrong stuff. James would tell you submit to God and leave the devil alone. James will tell you confess and pray. Those are just some of the things that James would tell you. And if I, I and, 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 and I truly believe if James was here and alive today, he'd stand before you and say, check your mirror. Turn to your neighbor and say, check your mirror. And I want to pose a question to you. What's your mirror? What is your mirror? For some people, culture is their mirror. Television, the Internet, radio, everything that's popular, the movies, the Internet, magazines. They, 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 they just allow uh, culture to, to define what their mirror is and, and success in life they determine uh, is, is, is determined by how, how well they're able to keep up with the Joneses. What's your mirror? Now, the thing about culture, it's good to understand culture because it helps us to be relevant to people and meeting them where they are. But I pose to you that that should not be your mirror. Some people use people as their mirror, family, friends, enemies. But even those people in our lives, because everybody doesn't know what God has planned for you. So people shouldn't even be your mirror. But James tells us clearly what our mirror ought to be. He refers to it as the perfect law of liberty, the word of God. Now, we have to make it a habit to check our mirrors daily. Now, how many of y'all by a show of hands here in our live audience have looked in the mirror at least once today, have looked in the mirror at least one time? Now, what checking your mirror does, I just want to throw out a few thoughts. The first thing that checking your mirror does 
It helps to keep you safe and protected. Now, I can vividly remember like it was yesterday when I went to take my driver's license test. And, and my sister drove a, a 1991 Honda Civic hatchback. And I purposefully wanted to go take the test in her car because it was small. And I didn't know fully well how to parallel park. But I knew they gave me this huge space to be able to use. So I said, I told my sister, I know if I drive your car to take this test, I'll be straight. So, so I took her car. And when the instructor got in with me, one of the first thing he said is check your mirrors, check your mirrors, because that's going to keep you safe and protected. So, you know, what's all around you. So check your mirrors, turn to your neighbor and say, check your mirrors. Now Let me pose a question to y'all. Will y'all be honest with me on a few things? Yeah. Y'all can talk back to me. I'm not going to bite you. All right. I, I, I just want to do a, a, a quick poll. Now, the first question is, am I still light skinned? Am, am I still light skinned? OK. Second question. Do I still wear glasses? Okay. Third question. Do I have a beard? It's not, it's not a thick beard. I took a long time to grow this beard. I'm telling you. There are some things that we ought not to forget. Some things you shouldn't have to be reminded of. Bishop says something all the time. He says the world has a, 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 a greater need to be reminded than they need to be informed. Sometimes we just have to be reminded of things. Now, I don't forget what I look like every day. But Paul said it best in Philippians 3. He said, forgetting what? Those things, forgetting those things. He didn't say forget everything. He said forgetting those things because we're to forget some things, but we're not to forget everything. Because Romans 8, 28 tells us what that all say all all means to the exclusion of none. All things work together for the good of them who love God and the called according to his purpose. But unfortunately, too many Christians suffer with what I, what I call uh, uh, spiritual amnesia. Spiritual amnesia. The world calls it selective memory. I like to call it spiritual amnesia. Once we get saved, we forget about, you know, when we used to be Slick Willie and Fast Susie back in the day. Now, I'm not insinuating that we should glory in those things, but I do believe that everything that we experience allows us to, to, to be able to relate to people. The Bible even tells us that Jesus had to experience what he experienced so he could be like, so he could have compassion towards others. So I, I say don't forget those things say those things. Secondly, whenever you use a mirror recently, I had a, a about a ringworm on the back of my head and I didn't know it. I just felt this bump and I was just scratching. It was just irritated. And when I went to my barber, he said, man, what in the world have you done? You got ringworm on the back of your head. But I never would have known it had I not used a mirror. Now I can't see the back of my head just putting a mirror here. I've got to put a mirror in front of another mirror and I've got to look behind me. So the second thing you have to do is you got to look back before you can move forward. You got to look back before you can move forward. You got to look back at what God has already said in his word. You have to look back at the testimonies of the things that God's already done. You got to look back at your stones of remembrance. Look back at these things. Psychiatrists employ the same technique whenever they meet with a patient. I've never been to a psychiatrist, but this is what I hear. They get them. They get them laid out on the couch. And one of the first things they ask him is, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your childhood, because so many things are linked back to what happens to us in our childhood. You got to go forward before you can go back and checking your mirror. Checking your mirror is not always comfortable, but it's necessary if you're going to become who God desires for you to become. And so often we get into this rut of just the same old things, going to work, going home, going to church, going to work. Going home, going to church, going to work, going home. 
And God says, I want to do something different. Look totally different. My wife and I had the pleasure of spending this past weekend up in Columbus, Ohio at a um, at a youth conference. And it was so refreshing. It was roughly twenty five hundred people there and just being in the atmosphere, just being somewhere different. Now, Columbus is not anything to write home about. I don't know if anybody here is from Columbus, but uh, being a native from Atlanta, you know, Columbus is a nice place to visit, but nowhere I would want to live. But just being in this atmosphere changed some things for me. Everything happens in an atmosphere. Creativity is stirred. Ideas are birthed. Uh, uh, you know, co connections are made. Everything happens in an atmosphere. But you got to be careful when you're checking this mirror. How many of y'all remember the, these funhouse mirrors that you can stand in front of? It'll make you look real long and tall. Now, 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 I'm blessed to be about five feet, seven inches and a half on a good day. If I wear my big shoes, I might be five, eight. But you got to be careful when checking this mirror, because sometimes we'll stand in front of mirrors and they'll provide skewed images. Some of them you'll stand in front of and, and, and it'll make you look tall and lean, even if you might be short and wide. But it's all about perspective and perception. You can have people if people are your mirror. You can have people in your life who are hyping you up and just telling you the best thing since sliced bread. And you start to buy into it. But then on the flip side, you can have people in your life who put you down, who talk all negative down towards you. And you start to buy into that. You got to be careful about your mirror. That's why you have to understand what your true mirror is. Let me give you a few things that I encourage you to examine in your mirror. These are seven things that I think that all of us have to examine in our mirror on a regular basis, not just once a year, not just once every few years, but things to examine in your mirror. The first thing I would say that we have to examine in our mirror is our hair. Now, ladies, y'all know y'all y'all. Now, I got a, I got a wife who takes care of that head. That girl makes sure that hair stays laid. She does not leave the house without making sure her hair is in place. We have to examine our hair. Now, of course, I'm not speaking of natural hair, but I'm speaking of our covering. We have to examine our covering, make sure our heart is right towards our sources of authority, our sources of protection in our life. Be it be it be it our, our, our spouses or, or, or our pastors or, or um, our, our employers, whatever that source of protection and authority is in your life. You have to examine. Am I in right standing with my covering? The second thing you have to examine in your mirror is your eyes. You, you got you got it. You got it. You got to check your eyes constantly. I speak of vision. I speak of vision. You know, vision vision is a function of your heart, but sight is a function of your eyes. But I think when we look in our mirrors of life and in, 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 in the word of God, we have to make sure that our vision is where it's supposed to be. We have to make sure that we're sticking to the vision. And if something is not a part of your vision, don't pick it up because there are so many people. I'm, I'm just bombarded. And I'm sure many of you are, too, with people who have wonderful ideas. And that's great. And that's fine. And that's good. But if God didn't tell me to do it. I can't I, I can't you know, I got I'm, I'm 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 responsible. I can't get up there to the pearly gates when it's my time and say, well, you know, God, uh, I was I was trying to do the work that you gave me to do. But, you know, Joe had this great idea and, and he came to me and I just felt like he wanted me to help him. God's going to say, Jason, I, I called you to do something. That's why he tells us, write the vision, make it plain. One thing I love about a pastor here in the city whose husband passed several years ago, he 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 wrote out for years and years and years about their ministry. So they didn't have to wonder when he passed away. You know, what, what is we going to do now? It's already it was already written. Check your vision. You have to check your hair. You have to check your eyes for vision. Thirdly, you got to check your nose. You got to check your nose. You got to check your discernment. You got to check your discernment to make sure that it's sharp, because if your discernment is not on, you will make some terrible choices. I'm not merely the founder, but I'm the president of that club. If your discernment is off, you'll make some terrible choices. 
And discernment typically gets thrown off when we get tired, when we get lonely, when we get angry. You have to check for your discernment because discernment is the ultimate mark of maturity. You can tell how someone is maturing by, 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 by the discernment that is in their life. So you have your hair that speaks of your covering that you have to check. You have your eyes that speak of your vision. You have your nose, which speaks of discernment. Fourth thing to examine in your mirror is your ears, is your ears. You got to examine your ears. And oftentimes it's amazing how uh, we have a 10 month old son. And, you know, I just crack up whenever the doctor he's uh, warming up to the doctor now. But, you know, one thing he does every visit, he has to check his ears to make sure there's no wax buildup. Or I'm, I'm not exactly sure everything he's looking for. But 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 he checks his ears. So I said, you know, that's I, I mean, if the doctor doing it, that's, that's got to be something important. But we have to check our ears. We have to check what and who we're listening to. Say amen, somebody. You constantly have to examine what and who you're listening to. And I'll tell you that it's very easy to, to, to be influenced by a seductive talk. There are a lot of seducing spirits all around us. There's a lot of smooth sounding stuff, a lot of easy sounding stuff. But we have to be careful about what we listen to and who we listen to. I'll encourage you um, to take the time to to make a list, to pull out a blank sheet of paper. And I did this last night about three o'clock in the morning and just make a list of what I call transformational figures. That's 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 all I wrote at the top of the paper was transformational figures. And the Lord just had me thinking about the people who have really fully impacted my life in a in a in a serious way that I'll never forget me. Me being connected with with my pastor, and my spiritual father, that's a transformational figure in my life. When I got married, that's a transformational figure in my life. Seeing my son being born into the world, that was a transformational figure in my life. Dear friends that are close to me are transformational figures in my life. So I'm I'm very intentional about what and who I listen to. And we have to be the same way. So constantly check um, what and who you're listening to. Now, a lot of times, if, if we'll be honest, uh, uh, this is a sweeping generalization. So uh, please don't get mad at me. Um, but women tend to get in trouble because they don't always check their ears. Men, we get in trouble because of number two, because of these right here. I, you know, the, the, these eyes often get us in trouble. We're very visual. But women can get in trouble because of what they listen to or what comes out of their mouth and connects to their ear. So we just got to be careful about what and who we're listening to. Number five, the fifth thing we have to examine in the mirror is our mouth. We got to examine our mouths. We got to examine our mouths. I, I, I'm, I'm not talking about no routine dental exam, but the Bible tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You have to be so careful about what you speak because our, our, the words that we speak frame the world that's all around us. I've never been so sensitive to it before now. I was telling my wife on the way here about some words that some of my family members had been speaking and not seeing anything wrong with it. And, and, and I can just remember as a young man growing up, hearing certain stuff. And and at the time, it didn't it didn't really affect me or so I thought. But once I became a man, I guess I put away childish things. I, I started to see and hear and understand and comprehend differently. And I think we all have to get to a point where we take inventory about what comes out of our mouths. We can bless and we can curse with the same mouth. We can encourage or we can discourage. We can make or break somebody because of what we say. This past week, um, I received an email from a teen at our church. And um, I serve as youth pastor at Word of Faith now as well. And, and 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 this particular young lady, a couple of years ago, she was on the news and she 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 had run away from home. Now, now she didn't run away just to a friend's house or a neighbor's house. She ran away to New Orleans. 
for 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 a young man. And and this young girl is taken to my wife and I and I just send her encouraging emails every once in a while. In one of our last exchanges, God had put a powerful word on her heart and she sent it to me what God poured into her, this 16 year old young girl. And, and just writing her back to tell her how much I, I just applauded for what God was doing in her heart. I ended the email by saying, so and so, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And she wrote me back and she said, well, I'm glad you are since my father is not. You never know something so simple, just simply encouraging those around you, speaking life instead of death. What are you speaking? I had another example one night after our youth service of a young man. And, 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 and I was just in a in a in a spirit, a spirit of encouragement just came over me. And I just went and laid my hands on the young people, just hugging them, embracing them, letting them know that I was proud of them, that I was proud of them. And this one young guy, he's an 11th grader. He came up to me, always tries to be hard and bad and all this type of stuff. But he looked me dead in my eye and he said, you know what? When you told me that you were proud of me, I felt like it was God speaking to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not trying to put myself in his position because God merely used me as a conduit to communicate this to this young brother. But we never know what people need. So examine what you're speaking, what you're speaking. So you have to examine your hair, your covering. You have to examine your eyes. You have to take account for your nose. You have to take account for your ears. You have to take account for your mouth. Now, the final two may seem a little strange to you. But the sixth thing that you need to examine in your mirror is for pimples and blemishes, pimples and blemishes. I believe this speaks of stress and worry. Now, I, I got a mom. I love her to death. My mom is a worrier, not a not a not a warrior. She's a worrier. She's a worrier. Just worry about everything. But she got it honest because my grandmama, she was a warrior and a worrier, though. But stress, stress and worry will, will just zap the very life out of you. You know, when, when, when all this stuff is pent up in you, it starts to manifest. If, if I'm holding stuff in, my wife knows when something's wrong because it's all on my face. It's all on my face. It's all on my countenance. So we have to be conscious about what are our sources of stress? What are what are the things that provoke us and move us towards worry? This this weekend um, when we were away, you know, we were in this nice hotel that had a nice uh, workout facility. And uh, since since the baby's come, I hadn't necessarily been working out like I uh, am accustomed to. Uh, so I took advantage of this opportunity since we were out of town to, to go exercise just as a way to for me to deal with my stress for, for, you know, just a way of release for me to 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 get things out of me in a healthy way. So we have to examine what are our sources of stress? What are the things that push us? What are what are our triggers? Because whether you know it or not, how many of y'all know that guns don't kill people? How many of y'all know bullets don't kill people? I can have a box of bullets right now and just just sling it into the audience. I'm willing to bet my life that nobody will die because it's not the bullet that does the damage. I can have a pistol up here and just the pistol sitting here. I can throw it at you and hit you upside the head. It might knock you out for a minute. But it's not going to kill you. So it's not the gun. It's not the bullet, but it's the trigger. It's the trigger that sets us off. It's the trigger that we have to look at. A lot of times when we're trying to solve our problems, you know, a lot of times we don't want to get to the root of the issue. We've got to look for our trigger. What's the thing that sets us off? Because the trigger is the thing that does it. So you have to examine your hair. You have to examine your eyes. You have to examine your nose, your ears, your mouth, your pimples and your blemishes. And the final thing that you have to examine is for hair and wrinkles, hair and wrinkles. It's difficult for me to believe that I have a three in front of my age now, because I remember yesterday when I was seven years old playing ba uh, baseball. I played baseball for 14 years. That's the thing I love. 
But now I'm starting to see hair on my face, which I didn't have for a long time. If I look hard enough, I might see a, a character line or, or a wrinkle somewhere. But these things speak of maturity. You have to examine what am I maturing in? And one way you can tell that you're maturing is because you make fewer and fewer mistakes. And I encourage people that a lot because they say, you know, if I'm saved, if I'm doing this thing right, I shouldn't be messing up in this again. But I say, no, don't get it twisted. It's all right to make mistakes. It says a righteous man falls how often? Seven times. Some of y'all fall eight. But but falling is a part of the process. Falling is a part of learning how to walk. You will fall. But the maturity says, you know what? I haven't dealt with this thing in, in six months. I haven't dealt with this thing in, in nine months. I haven't dealt with this thing. You know, this thing is starting to be removed from me. So you got to look at your hair. You got to look at your eyes. You got to look at your nose, your ears, your mouth, your pimples and your blemishes and your hair and your wrinkles. Well, we're actually out of time. Um, if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety, uh, you can go to airjesus.com and look for uh, sermon number 6283. I thank you so much for joining us for Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the word. And just as a closing thought from God's heart to your heart, hold fast to the promises of God's word. Cling tightly to the things that he's spoken to you. Never forget the testimonies of what he's already done. And finally, maintain a level of expectation for things that he's going to do in your life. Hold fast to the promises of his word. Cling tightly to the things that he's already spoken to you. Never forget the testimonies of what he's already done. And maintain a level of expectation for the things that he will do in your life. Check your mirror. Amen. Thank you so much. This ends message number 6283 by Dr. Jason Thomas. To hear other messages or to send this message number 6283 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6283, check your mirror. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often, and keep your spirit charged up.